Good morning. Um, before we get started, um, I just want to pray as, as we get to dive into God's Word. Uh, Father, thank you that we could come together just to sing your praises, that we could uh, sing your promises that you've given us, Father, that even that we don't feel these things, when we don't feel you in around us, Father, that you are still there, that you are loving us, Father, that you give us all these cool things. Father, as we get to dig into your word and a very hard topic to talk about, Father, that you, your word will pierce our hearts and that we could see you for who you are and that we can come to you, Father, for everything, that we don't need to just hide behind our own selfishness, that we can let all that go and just come to you, Father. God, as we get to dig into your word, I pray that you, you know, Hide, behind, hide me behind your cross and let your word just be shown. God, we love you. In your name we pray. Amen. So, I get to talk about a very fun discussion about depression. Who loves to talk about depression? No one. So, lucky me. You're welcome. Depression. Uh, before uh, we get started, I'm going to read a quote from C.S. Lewis. Uh, Mental pain is less dramatic than physical pain but is more common and also more hard to bear. The frequent attempt to conceal mental pain increases the burden. It is easier to say, my tooth is aching, than to say, my heart is broken. Is that true for, for everyone in here, or is that just, you know, C.S. Lewis and myself? Because I struggle with that. Um, so I'm, well, I'm going to play a little game, too, before we get started, because, you know, I, I you know, get to work with students, and so I love games. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say a, a, I guess a name of something and I'm gonna tell you what it means. I'm gonna ask you is this is this you? And you can raise your hand. I know I don't like participating in stuff like this, but I do love initiating it. So let's enjoy this. So uh, there's a I'm, so we're talking about depression. We're talking about a lot of a lot of this is gonna be talking about tears and crying. And so for the first section, who in here is a beaver dam crier? Let me elaborate. So this crier does everything they can to hold back the flow of tears. Uh, they always think about happy thoughts like puppies, butterflies, uh, lunch. And they can imagine, they, they think about what's coming and to hide, to try to hide back the tears. Who, who's in that category? Raise your hand. Okay, okay. Crier number two, the hiccup crier. This crier makes a lot of strange noises when they cry. Who's in that category? Okay. Weirdos. All right, number three. The broken AC crier. This is the very dramatic crier. They flail their arms. They have to talk a lot of stuff when they're crying. Who, who's, who's like that? All right, finally, who's the ugly crier? We, we all know what that is. I don't have to just describe what an ugly crier is. The very, you know, <laughs> um, so this morning we're, we're going to be digging into a lot about what tears are and talking about the tears. Um, speaking about depression, did you know that students, my generation, the next generation behind mine, we are the most depressed and anxious generation there are in America? Did you, did you know that? It's, it's wild. And thinking about why, why are we so depressed, why are we so anxious, and there's you know, the church isn't really handling the, the state of depression. It's all about the world. If you go on Twitter or go anywhere else about the world, 
The world is saying, hey, mental health is a thing, take care of it. But you don't see the church saying, hey, depression and anxiety are a thing. Um, if you read in the Bible, there's several cases where people struggle with depression. You have uh, Solomon. He was depressed, and he kept saying everything is meaningless multiple times. Then you have uh, Elijah. He did say he was suicidal, but he was very fatigued, and he asked God to take his life. Then David, it was a very special case. Like, he needed counseling. David had a lot of issues going on. And so today we're going to dig into a little bit what David was going through in Psalms 42. So if you have Bibles, uh, we're going to be in Psalms 42. It will be on the screen as, as, we, as we dig in more. Um, but it's so cool to, to, to think about how people in the Bible, they have the same struggles as we do. It may not have be as advanced. They don't have like, oh, so-and-so said something about me on social media today. But they had struggles. They had hardships. They had, you know, they... They had tears back, back in the day. And so it's, it's cool to think about how, you know, it's not just me who, who has hardships. It's not just me who struggles. There's other people who have the same issues around me. Um, so Psalms 42, let's, let's read together. Uh, As a deer pants for flowing streams, so, my, so pants for my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all the day long, where is your God? David is giving us a glimpse of, his, of the state of his life right now, his soul. He's very upset. Um, even uh, verse 3, it says, my tears have been my food day and night. He's in this state where he is so upset, he is so broken that he... He's not even hungry. He's eating his tears. He's constantly crying. He's, he's so broken that he's, you know, he's not even hungry anymore. Has, there, has anyone been in that type of situation before where you just felt so broken and you just didn't eat? You just ate your own tears? That's where David's at. He's so broken. And I was wondering, as I was reading, researching and you know, looking into the, why he was so broken and upset, the, there was two, two different things that was happening that could have happened uh, for him to write Psalms 42. The first one was when Saul was out to kill him. When David was on the run and Saul was chasing after him to, to, to go get rid of him. The second one was his own son Absalom. Which he, if you ever want to read a wild story, 2 Samuel uh, 13 to 20, about his children and what they did and where he is now. It's like what we were talking about earlier. It's like uh, Game of Thrones type stuff. It's ridiculous how ridiculous stuff happens. But his own son Absalom started a rebellion to come after David, to, to get his father out of, out of the kingdom. So, and then later on, Absalom dies, and David's just, he's, David's broken. So you see where David's in the state of, God, why? Either Saul's trying to kill me, my own son's trying to kill me, things are just happening, you know, are crazy is happening. And so that, bring, that brings me to the first point. We, we're reading verse 3. My tears have been my food, while they say to me all the day long, where is your God? His tears were reflecting what people around him were saying. His tears were saying, where is your God? Because he was feeling that. He was feeling that weight of, God, where are you? Like, these people around me are saying, where is your God? And I'm just, I'm broken right now. God, what's happening? And so his tears are talking to him. Do you know 
before I continue with the point, did you know depression is triggered by life circumstances? Loss of a job, death, divorce, low self-esteem. I didn't know low self-esteem was a part of it, but, you know, that explains a lot. Um, and so David's go- gone through a huge life circumstance, some death, and he's super, he's super broken. And so in this moment, he's having his tears talk to him because he, there's so much stuff overwhelming him that his tears are reflecting his own thoughts. Have you ever felt like that? Have, have you ever felt like that, where you were just so overwhelmed, you didn't know what to do? Where your tears were just taunting you, telling you, like, where, where is your God? Where is, where is this stuff happening? You're just so overwhelmed with, with just life. The feeling that you, you know, when you look at your life, but you can't help but think, where is God in all of this? If you love me, why would this be happening? I know for me, um, I dated this girl for, I think, eight years off and on. And every time we'd break up, it would be you know, something different. And then finally, the last time we broke up, I broke. Like someone just took a twig and snapped it in half and threw it to the side. I was so broken. I, just some stuff happened. Like she told me like all this stuff, like how she cheated on me and how, you know, we weren't worth it how I wasn't, how I was toxic, I wasn't worth, you know, anything. Just hearing those things after dating for that long, I, just, I was just, I felt like trash. And so I was so overwhelmed. I was so, I was so such in a deep, dark depression. I didn't know what to do anymore. I didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't want to do all this stuff. Because I was just, I let my tears overwhelm me and just tell me how to live my life. Can I, can, can I do something? Um, this is where we're going to get to the, you know, I guess, I'm going to talk to two different types of people today, the people who struggle and the people who don't struggle, because there, there are two camps, because right now people who don't have any issues, people who have a lot of issues, but the, any issues, you still have issues, just want to clarify, um, but it's okay for your tears to talk, even if we d- wrestle with the depression and anxiety, it's okay for your tears to talk. Instead, we had the freedom. We, while we have all the, the stuff happening, we have the freedom to walk with God. We have the freedom to talk with God. We have the freedom to let him lead us if we just choose to let him. Instead of just, you know, walling in our own selfish, our own, you know, our own issues, we, we can turn to God and let him take care of all of it. Um, so this is where I'm talking about to my supporters out there who, you know, can help. For the... I want the supporters, the tip one, to cry with them and point them to the truth. A lot of times, when people who are going through the depression, they don't like to talk about it. They're like the beaver dam criers. They try to hold it all in until it just explodes one day. I want the supporters to be out there, and I want you to go and search for the people, search for those friends who are struggling, because a lot of people are struggling with a lot of stuff, and we need more accountability in the church. We need more looking out for each other in the church because I feel like it's became a, such a more selfish atmosphere than it is a more selfless atmosphere. So support tip one, cry with them and point them to the truth. The Bible encourages, encourages us to weep with those who weep. It, you know, the, the, everyone's favorite Bible verse, Jesus wept. You know, Jesus wept with, with his friends. He didn't just say, hey, it'll be okay. He, he got down and he cried with them. 
Let's continue reading. Psalms 42, 4. These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I would go with with the strong and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a a multitude-keeping festival. So this is where, you know, he's, he's running away. He's hiding from, from either Saul or Absalom, and he's, all this stuff is happening. So he's looking back and remembering what it was like back then, what it was like, you know, before all this stuff happened. He was remembering um, why he was pouring out his soul to begin with. Um, and it reminded me, as he was remembering back, um, especially for the people online, um, isn't it weird that this pandemic has kind of isolated us and made us very lonely? Um, that's caused a lot of depression in a lot of people's lives because they don't get to enjoy fellowship with other believers anymore. They don't get to enjoy the times we had together because it's so broken, it's so divided, and it's so isolated. Loneliness is a very dangerous thing because it can cause you to, to be by yourself and let you wallow in your own stuff and just become super depressed. And when we're in this place, you see him remembering, you know, remembering his own past. That can be either a good thing or a bad thing. The good thing, we'll get to in in a few, but the bad thing, that that can put you in a deeper depression if you don't focus on God's promises. If you just focus back, like, oh, remember the good old days, and you feel like, oh, it can never be like that ever again. That, that'll make, make you worse. But if you remember on God's promises and, his, and focus on God's faithfulness, that's, that's where the key is. That, that'll bring us to point two. You must talk back to your tears. You know, we, we're just talking about for point one, talk, your tears are talking to you. You're so overwhelmed by the world around you. Everything's happening all at once. This is a time where I'm encouraging you to talk back to those tears. Talk, talk to them. Talk to your inner dialogue. Figure out what's going on in your own life, and then you can handle what's going on the outside of your life. Psalm 42, 5 through 6. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Hope is a huge word for when you're, you know, going through issues. When they're saying highlands, when you're in the, the highest of mountains, you know, praise him. When you're in the lowest of valleys, praise him. Because God's hope remains. God's faithfulness still remains. In either those situations, if you're, everything's awesome, everything's great, everything's amazing, or you're in the, the dumpster fire of, you know, just everything that's just awful. God's faithfulness is still good. A lot of people who are going through a lot of depression or anxiety, they have a lot of questions. A lot of it tends to asking, you know, why? Or why am I feeling this way? Um, why am I hurt? Like, I know I'm hurting. Why is it hitting me so hard? What's wrong with me? And that's where the tears are talking to you. That's when you answer those questions. You talk to those questions. You figure out what's happening with yourself. That's when you lean on, other, on your other friends to figure out, hey, I need help. I need, I need someone to lean on. I need someone to take care of me. I need someone to uh, just encourage me. That's where I was mentioning we're very selfish. We need to be selfless and encourage each other. Because we all need to see that there's hope in this world. There's hope in 
the, there's hope in what God has, has in plan for us. David said, hope in God, I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Hope is very important, very key. Point three, remind your tears of God's deliverance and delight. So you're talking to your tears, you're reminding yourself of God's faithfulness and God's greatness. There's so many promises in, in the Bible that, you know, I just, I just picked one just to, just to share with you. Uh, Psalms 4, 34, 17 through 18. The, righteousness, the righteous cry out and the, Lord's, and the Lord hears and rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted. He saves those crushed in the spirit. Even though we go through so many hardships, if we crowd to God, if we remember God's promise that he takes care of us instead of just, you know, walling our own self-pity. If we just remind, remind ourselves of God, what God has done, how much better life would be. And if we just re- remind ourselves of God's promises, of his delight, of what he's done, what he's going to do, what he did, even did through Jesus, that he gave us grace and mercy that we didn't only even deserve, but he gave us to, that to us anyways. David re- refuses to give in to despair. You see him starting off with he's crying, he's going through some issues, but he refuses to give in to that. He reminds himself of how God delivered him. He reminds himself of what God can do. So that's when I'm talking to you. Are you going to remind yourself when you're going through that hard time, are you going to remind yourself of what God has done in your life already? Or are you just going to forget all that and just turn to the world because the world has all the answers? That's a a sarcasm. It doesn't mean... God will never leave you. Even though you're in the middle of a battle or in darkness, he'll never leave you. Um, Somewhere, I forgot, I think it's Psalms 105. I don't have it on the screen, but it talks about how even when you're in the darkest of darks, God is still brighter than that. Even when life may seem like it sucks, sorry, God is still brighter than that. The phrase, my salvation and my God, in the Hebrew translation is the salvations of my face. Um, this is where we'll play another game. I love games. Uh, so, if I were to tell you, I haven't taken a shower in like two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, two months, maybe a year, and I come to you, real close to you, what kind of face would you make? You'd be like, Play along with me. What, what face would you make? Yeah, disgusting. It would be pretty, pretty, dis, dis, you know, distorted. Not. Or what if I were to tell you, hey, I were going to give you a thousand bucks. I don't have that kind of money. I have like, I have the yep. So if I were to give you two hundred bucks, <laughs> if I were to give you two hundred bucks, what kind of face would you make? Ooh, I like that. Would it be, would it be more, much more joyful, much more happy, much more, you know, delighted that well, I got 20, not 20 bucks, 200 bucks, yeah. I'd be happy either way. Um, but you'd be much more happy and much more excited that, hey, I got 200 bucks, this is awesome. And so 
this is where, you know, the faith comes into play because we're talking, you know, about God's promises. So let's look at number 6, 24 to 27. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. So shall they put my name upon the people of Israel and will bless them. God is telling his people that his facial, like his facial expressions, expressions towards them. You can see that he's very delighted in, in his people. He's not doing this number. He's not disgusted with them. He's very delighted. He's very, he's, he's very loving towards his people. And so I think David knew the book of Numbers very, pretty well. And so he, he knew about God's promises. He knew about God's faithfulness. And so that's why he could be, you know, remember, you know, his promises when, as he's writing. He reminded himself that God is a deliverer who delights in us, that God is a provider in the middle of a storm, that God will protect us no no matter where we go, no matter what we do, that God will be there for us always. We don't need to buy into the lie that we are alone because we're not. We have God with us. We have the people around us. We have this whole sanctuary full of people that that are around us that can encourage each one of us. David acknowledges pain once more um, in Psalms 42, 6. My soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Hermon, from the Mount of Mizar. You can see his pain when he writes, my soul is cast down. So even though he's struggling, he's, he's feeling the pain, he's not letting that go. Like we read, like I said earlier, he did not give in to his own issues. He, he gave it all to God. He says, I remember you from what you've done for me in the land of Jordan. You, I remember what you did for me in Mount Mazar. What can you remember from what God has done in your life? Can you remember what he did when you, got, when you accepted salvation? Can you remember what he brought you from? Can you remember what your life was like before you even accepted Christ? Or are you still the same? If you are, I think you need to do a little self-inner check. Isn't that wild? Just to think back about your own life and realize where you came from. David's trip down memory lane, you know, was was pretty cool because he got to see where, you know, he was, where he got to see where God provided for him and, you know, against David, uh, not David, himself, uh, Goliath. He, He remembered what he did with um, just protecting him from Saul. He remembered all these cool things that what God took care of him in. Let's keep reading. Uh, we're going to switch to Psalms 105. Keep your eyes open for God. Watch for his works. Be alert for signs of his presence. Remember the word of the wonders, the world of wonders he has made his miracles, and the verdicts he has rendered. In other words, look for God's fingerprints. Look where he's touched in your own life. Look where he has guided you. Just look for the fingerprints that he's just maneuvered and, and, and carried out. So, Psalm, so David is forcing himself to remember. He's forcing himself to, to re- recall what God has done. 
So point four, trace God's fingerprints for signs of past faithfulnesses so you can have confidence in his future faithfulness. If you're struggling, try to remember that it's not always the easiest task when your heart is heavy and your head is foggy. But try anyway. Because we are very fragile people. So try to remember how powerful God is and how not fragile he is. So for my supporters, be available to process with those who are struggling. Be available. I think the most, you know, expensive thing to, to give out is not money, but it's time. So try to be available. It's, it's super invaluable. So in this moment, we're going to come into a time of just prayer. And if you are in the first camp of your struggling, I want you to find somebody that you can count on to, you know, to walk, to walk life with you, to support you in these things. I want you to find them and come down to the altar and just pray. Or if you want to talk to me or Scott, we'll talk to you. We'll walk you through some stuff. So, in this moment, rely on God. Rely on all that he's done. And if the man will start to come up and we'll, we'll, we'll come into this time. Remind, I want to recap a little bit. Your tears will talk to you. It will reflect the world around you. The second thing is we must talk about the tears. We must answer the questions that the world has given us. We need to remind ourselves that God's delight and deliverance and those promises. Then we need to trace God's fingerprints for signs of past faithfulnesses so we can have, remind ourselves of the future faithfulnesses. So my challenge to you is find someone that, to tell you that you're struggling and then come down and pray together and seek help. Don't hide it in. Don't be like the, the beaver dam crier hiding it all in until it just implodes one day. Find someone. Father, as we get to go to worship and continue to worship, Father, that you would be in this place, that you would continue to prick on our hearts the importance of who you are and why we need you so much. Because, God, we are so broken. We are so lost without you, Father. This world is pulling us all different directions and we're buying into the world has to offer, but we are not looking towards you. So remind us of why you are so important, Father, why you are so good, that you've delivered us from our own selves, Father. So guys, we get to come to this place and we get to worship other believers, Father, that you would keep us not being selfish, but being selfless and that we could encourage each other, live life with each other, Father, that we wouldn't be broken, but we would be united for you. God, we love you. We thank you. In your son's holy name we pray. Amen.